Hey, Ant, how you doing? How's how's it going? How 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 are your how's your things? All right, isn't it? Yeah, 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 yeah. So we've been up to. I don't know. That's what I've got to figure out over the next like hour, <laughs> the next so. hour and a bit. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well. Okay. So welcome to Chris Apocalypse, episode seventy-seven. Seventy-eight. Seventy-eight. Fuck me. No. Right. Episode seventy-eight. So what do we do here, Ant? Don't know. Well, well, I mean, review. we're here. Yeah. 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 Review. Review stuff. Okay. Okay. All right. So, Ant, have you figured out who's first this week? Me. Yeah, because yeah, you reviewed some shit called Easy last oh, time. Good job, Easy Season Two. Yeah, that right. Before we get into it, though, before we get into the podcast. All right, so I'm casting you into a post-apocalyptic environment. Have we done this one already? All right, shut up. Okay, you're in a post-apocalyptic environment, right? Before mm-hmm. the question was, what are you going to bring to the table to make you a valuable member of that post-apocalyptic society? Society's falling apart, bro. You're on your own. You're out there, dude. You ain't got no fake tan. You ain't got no jelly for your hair. You're going to be jelly of the ghouls because they've got jelly for their hair. But one thing you can do is you can find yourself a weapon. What is your what is your weapon choice out in the uh, wasteland as you fight for survival? Uh, my words are weapons. I use them to kill you with. You've got the biting wit of a swordsman, haven't you? You've mm. got the ability to attack simply with well, a word. At least the biting wit of Papa Roach. Ah. Which is... Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. It's not last resort. Suffocation. It's not Last Resort. No, is it not? No, it's one of their other songs. What is, what is the other song? It's the one that goes, my words are weapons. Oh, it's I actually, it's actually a song. Just, yeah. Um, do you remember the song Love Me Not? She loves me not. Yeah. Loves me not. Yeah. I've got yeah. the album, man. I bought that album twice. Really? Infest, love, yeah. hate. Oh, Infest, there's Love, Infest. Hate, Tragedy is the one with the loved, second one's got The one, second one with the baby on the cover's got the one good song they did, which was M80. I don't remember M80. It's a good song. So your words would be your weapon in the post-apocalypse environment. How far do you think you get with just your wit? It depends if the radiation gives me dangerous powers with let's my words. Just, let's just say that this is your bog standard. I've had sex with microwave radiation, so it's not too bad for you. Oh, I'll just get blisters. Probably. Quite a few. Mm, oh. You're not going to go full Gutenberg in the day after. Gutenberg? Do you not remember the day after? No, I didn't watch that. I don't... We had, we had Steve see, Gutenberg this is the films. Thing, this is the thing. We had we had taps or whatever it was over here, didn't we? Did we? What was the what was the one about Belfast, Newcastle having a new girl? Freds. Freds. We had Freds over here. I keep coming back to Freds because the post-apocalyptic theme. See, Crit Apocalypse got it. Um, they had the day after in which Martin Lando, no, no fucking joke, Martin Lando, Steve Gutenberg, and a bunch of other people survived. They had to raise the a child. No. Bombs go off in America, destroying most of the populace with nu- you know, with the nuclear missiles and stuff. From the uh, the invading forces choose to just let them die out due to the radiation given off by the uh, by the now fair enough now exploded bombs. Um, and Steve Gutenberg happens to be a uh, someone travelling across country, and as the nukes go off, he he hides with a family in their basement because they realise that being lower oh, yeah. lower down, they hide off from the radiation. It, it protects them a little bit. Uh, one day, the, the girl, after weeks and weeks of, of waiting down there with her family, is driven insane. She de- decides to go out and starts rolling around in all the dirt and the ground. Uh, dirt and trees and such, and other things that live on the ground. Steam Gutenberg runs out to save her, drags her back to the basement, and uh, and from there, she starts exhibiting signs of radiation poisoning. <gasps> and in a tragic, but also chivalrous turn, Steve Gutenberg offers to take her to the closest hospital. Which obviously cars, EMP, they can't start no more. All right. They start no more mo. So he has to take her to the local hospital on foot. They go there. 
And eventually, she gets treatment, but obviously treatment for radiation poisoning. And so, I mean, it's not a good diagnosis, is it? You're going to lose a thumb. Probably, yeah. Probably, at least. Possibly some eye- eyebrows. Yeah. And then even eyelashes. Oof. Ugh, hard times. Um, and, uh, yeah. In a heartwarming scene, he gives her a present. So that's where you're still beautiful to me. He gives her a ribbon to put in her hair. But then, haha, she has no hair by that point. And he uh-huh. goes, oh, I wish I had some hair to put in. And goes, she goes, you'll want to talk. And then we see Steve Gutenberg just has a couple. Because you know Steve Gutenberg had that fantastic hair in the 80s. Yeah. It was almost like he was permed by God. But by that point, he's just got like these little bits poking out here and there. And it's quite a tragic, sad scene. But it's very good movie. I highly recommend it. The day after. It was a TV movie. Terrifying. When you're nine and it's on Sci-Fi Channel. Because you have irresponsible parents. Same year I saw her live. Yeah. Yeah. So, there you go. The Life's not a horrific movie. Do what you want with that information. Uh, Life has one of my favourite lines of any movie. They find the, uh, the, um, the air hostess, the gent- no, air host, the gentleman. Mm. And, uh, and he's, he's covered himself in all the suitcases and some of the, some of the tops and some of the jackets. And, uh, and one of the guys goes up to him and goes, he goes, where's the radio? There's gotta be a radio. And he goes, he goes, well, the radio is in the tail. And the tail's gone! <laughs> like, a, like a game show. It's just like, and yeah. the tail's gone! And he looks like Rao Julia. Oh, fair enough. The day that Bison visited your village was a momentous occasion. No, Shaped it's not the lyrics. The rest of your life. It's not the words. For me, it was but a true state. That's not the words. All right, go on, you do it. Uh, for you, the day Bison graced your village was the most important day of your life. But that. for me, it was Tuesday. There we go. There we go. You, you overcomplicate it too much. All right. So it's your first review this week, and shoot your load. Um. Good. I like it. You I should probably. Did I mention Animal Crossing last time? Oh, the the mobile game. Yeah, Animal no. Crossing Pocket Camp. Yeah, go for it. Talk about it. Um, it's Animal Crossing with the soul ripped out of it. Yeah. Um, the entire thing of Animal Crossing Pocket Camp is you've gone to a campsite. And it's the only part of the world that doesn't seem to be curved in the whole of the Animal Crossing world. They've always been curved or tubular or something. This is flat. It's very weird. Mm. I guess because it's a long mobile screen, it'd look a bit weird if it was curved. I don't know. Yeah. But um, you go there and your job is to psychically guess what animals want. You just see their thoughts and it says, I want fish. And you go and give them some fish. And then you keep giving animals stuff until they demand to come to your house, to your campsite. And they'll only come to your campsite if you put certain objects in the campsite, which you then have to pay to have build. What sort of objects would I need? Like chairs, just generic chairs, sofas. They want your campsite to look a certain way. Okay. And so you do that, and then they come and visit, and then they just hang out there forever. And then you just keep giving animals stuff, and occasionally they'll give you a bit of wood or a bit of metal back. Um, And, you know, that's what the game is. It's just you're giving animals stuff. They don't ever say to you, oh, I could really do with some berries. If you get me some berries, that'd be awesome. Mm. I'll give you some money for it or something. Yeah. They just have thought bubbles that come up and say what they want. So you have, to just, you have to just go off and, and grab shit. Um, I mean, as like, you know, it's Animal Crossing, it's monetized to hell, this one. It's mm. microtransaction city. Yeah. Um, it does throw out the, this like, you have bells, which is the bullshit currency in this one, and mm. leaves, which are the Wait, real money. You're saying bullshit currency. I seem to remember a video on my channel, one of the only videos on my channel, in which we played Animal Crossing, the board game, Oh, yeah. And I kicked your ass. Didn't I win that in the end? No, you didn't. Because you said, remember, it came up with a message at the end that says, 
money can't buy you happiness because I had the most money because I kept yeah. gambling. Yeah. I said, money can't buy you happiness, but here's some happiness points for the money you've got. And I had yeah. so much fucking cash that I won by happiness points. There's I bought. no happiness points in this. You just like, you get money. and there's very competitive. Tom Nook is the one who sells you the money if you want the real money. Um, he's just like there bathing in a bath of money. She's just really hammering the point. Yeah. Um, but you can do stuff like you can upgrade your camper van, you can put new items down in your campsite. Like there's more room, more freedom to customize how your your plot looks. I find it quite funny that you've got the a camper van, but you have to make yourself a tent. Yeah, but you, you you just drive around in the camper van, I guess. You bed. go to different locations. I wonder what my camper um, van looks like. It encourages you to go to your friends' camps and give them kudos. Kudos. Um, Kudos Just doesn't like do Project anything. Gotham Racing. No, you remember Kudos yeah. and Project Gotham Racing? Yeah, yeah, back in the day. It's not like Project Gotham Racing. References. You don't get extra kudos for doing a sweet skip into your friend's camp. I still like. I the best thing about it is the Nintendo background as you start it. Yeah. That's adorable. Yeah, it's great. It looks great. Fantastic. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of. If they did a high res version of it, that'd be good. It's just kind of a soulless version of Animal Crossing. You're just well. constantly completing tasks, and there's no like. I don't know. It's like it's lacking something. It doesn't have that desire to make you work towards something. You can upgrade your camper van and all this, and you can keep paying off to get more upgrades and all that. But then, when there's this whole thing where it's like, oh, you're going to need to build these certain things to please your animal friends, it's like the friendship part of it's gone. Like the whole building up a relationship with the animals is entirely transactional rather yeah. than what it was in the original thing. It would be all like they'd have chats with you, and sometimes they'd have a task for you, sometimes they wouldn't. Or, you know, you'd um, they'd ask you to come visit them at a certain time and all this sort of stuff. There's none of that in this game. It's all, you know, catch some fish, give them the fish. You know, you can put stuff on a market stall to sell for people. There's not really an economy for that. Mm. You just guess how much you want to charge for it. And if other people buy it, they do. But I don't think anyone's really looking at that to get stuff because it's pretty easy to just grab things. And that stuff like being able to pay for fertilizer to make fruit grow back quicker is a bit like, you know... It kind of gets Weird. to the point of logging in every day, yeah. doesn't it? But the thing is, like when you get stuff for the tree and it says, oh, there's 24 hours until this stuff grows back and it comes up with a little clock thing next to it. And you're just like, well, there goes the, like, you know, free form mystery part of Animal Crossing. It's just kind of weird and cynical. But yeah. that's, that's mobile phone games for you. Well, yeah. Once yeah. you... It, the problem is that it's... um. It's something that they made quickly using the license to release the license so that everybody could... Give it a go and have a play. Mm. It's just, it's not meant to be anything more than just a distraction for five or ten yeah. minutes. I would love a real Animal Crossing on the Switch, though. Because you could just pull that on your lunch break, have a quick go on it. Yeah. Do your stuff, put it away, play it when you get home. Well, I think that's why Stardew Valley's done so well. Yeah. But, um, I mean, Stardew Valley is the next game I'm planning to buy on the Switch. No. And uh, it's either that or Golf Story. Yeah, Golf Story's great. Yeah, no, I know. I saw you playing it and I was jealous. Mm. Um, but when you see me playing it, I'm mostly playing it on the toilet. No, I saw you. I came in. You were playing it in here, yeah, properly. Um, but yeah, I um, it is what it is. It's yeah. it's just it's a one-handed game, isn't it? It's not yeah. something where you're meant to you're meant to be doing any complex inputs. You're not meant to be going on massive adventures and fighting giant dragons. It's but I just, think that was in Animal Crossing. <laughs> you say that now, but uh, yeah, it's just it's a nice, simple little distraction. If I was on the train. And I get my phone out and I see I've got Animal Crossing. I give it a go, mm. like, like now, just having a quick go. It's nice and easy. Like getting some resources. It doesn't ever fish. say anything about the fish, things like that as well. Like when you pick up a catch a bug or catch a fish, it never has a little bit of flavour text. 
Like there was the um, UHF reference in one of the Animal Crossing games when you catch a red snapper and he says very tasty, mm. which is a ra- random Weird Al Yankovic reference chucked in. There's none of that. Yeah. The first time you catch him, it says, well done, you caught uh, something. Oh, well, that's, that's the first it. time I caught a fish and it just didn't say anything. Uh, yeah. So, no, it's not there for everything. It's only on fruit and stuff, I guess. Yeah. But, I, caught, um, well, I caught a fish the other day it's for the first time and it said a uh, little line, but it didn't. There wasn't flavour text or anything. It was just, well done, you caught this. Yeah. Um, and after that, it just comes up with the name of the fish you caught and that's it. It's a bit weird. It's just a bit soulless, a little bit. Um, there's some nice looking animals though. I like the there's a one that you unlock around level eight or something. It's a little cat wearing like um, racing gear. Aww. He's got like a helmet on with a visor and everything. He can't be a racer. He's got no thumbs. Yeah, none of them have poor things. I don't know when KK Slider appears yet either. I think you might have to build a stage or something to get him to yeah. appear. Um, but it's only certain. It's only certain uh, campsite types that get the stage, isn't it? You have to. You, know, you can put anything in. You have the campsite when you choose your campsite style at the start. Yeah. But you can change it to whatever you want. It's, oh, well, never mind. Like, the animals are all like, oh, I like cool things. They've got a specific set of cool things. And you can put them down and it'll automatically, like, it'll do a thing where it puts them down and then once they leave, once they've seen it, you can refer it to back to what it was before. Oh, right. Which is just adds to the pointlessness of building yeah. all these things. And just if it's... it's With stuff like, it'll go, oh, I'll build you a bench. It'll be ready in 30 seconds. Or I could build this one, like, you know, a bowl. I could order pizza and it'll take 24 hours or something. Like... <laughs> Yeah. You've got to give them a load of bells. The candy cane thing they're doing for Christmas as well is just a massive slog. I made a tree. Takes up too much room. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have room for the stuff I really want now. Nah. There's a Mario hat you can get on it today. Because oh, Mario really? runs anniversary. Yeah, it should be in your inbox. Your inbox of items. Let's have yeah. a quick look. See up what the top I've got. Right, your top right thing. Oh, yeah. Your mailbox. Oh, yeah. And you'll have I a do. Mario hat in there. I've got loads of shit. Yeah, and when you put it on, it goes... Like that. I've got a t-shirt that's a big A on it. Oh, really? Yeah. Just Is that for anal? No. What's that for? For ant. So everyone knows oh, my name. because you love anal. Well, that's what I get, get the trousers for with the big A on uh, it. Ah. Yeah. I know what you mean now. I've got the Santa trousers on now. Anyway, you review something... You pleb. Okay. Um, <clears throat> my first review this week is going to be... South Park Phone Destroyer. Phone Destroyer. Phone destroyer. Mobile games. It is a mobile game. It's a Mobley game. Oh. You remember, remember Mobley phones? And Brian saying, give them a call on your Mobley. Mobile. Mobley. So, uh, South Park Phone Destroyer. It's a scrolling, um, scrolling strategy game in which you have yourself as the key character. You're really good on your phone. Oh. And you, as a character, steadily make your way to the right across the screen. Yeah. As you do that, you can draw cards from your deck that become characters on the screen, and they fight the bad guys that come after you. Oh, cool. It's nice and simple. You can collect cards to increase your deck. You have two different themes at once in your deck, so you can have sci-fi, cowboys. You can have, you can have sci-fi. Cowboys and aliens. Sci-fi horror. Oh. You can have sci-fi. Sci-fi religion. Oh. That doesn't um, blend. You <laughs> know. There's stuff in there. Um, it's really nice. It's really simple. It's very clean. It looks absolutely fucking gorgeous, actually. It's really, really nice. It's easy to it's get to gorgeous as South Park can look. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Um, probably my only my only major gripe with it is that it becomes repetitive very quickly, but it's a phone game. Again, as you said, with um, Animal Crossing, they can feel a bit soulless. They are made for very brief play playthroughs. They're not, they're not something where you're meant to spend an hour playing it. It's meant to be like five minutes on the tube, five minutes on the bus. You know, every so often, if you get 10 minutes, give it a go. Maybe you're taking a shit, give it a go on then. Yeah, they only um, want to hook certain people. That's the thing. They're all designed just to hook the, the whales, as they call yeah. them. Um, you know. 
But um, but I've never felt the need to put money into this. You get free card packs every twelve hours or something. Mm. Um, you can stack up to two of those. So if you go back in after you haven't logged in for a little while, you get the card packs. Um, all the characters are there. There's nice little dialogue. There's a Pocahontas Randy. Um, when you're doing the Cowboys and Indians, the beginning, it starts off with Cowboys and Indians and then it expands out and you've got the sci-fi religion, things like that. Um, when you're doing the Cowboys and Indians, um, there's a moment where Stan's like, I'm going to bring on my secret weapon and it's Pocahontas Randy. And he jumps out in the dress and the hair doing the Pocahontas sound, full moustache on display. And he sweeps his hair back and then comes after you. Um, and it's great. It's, does it's, he paint with all the colours of the wind? He does. Oh, nice. Does. It was a Tia Carrera. Uh, no, not as Pocahontas. She just looked like Tia Carrera. <laughs> she looks a lot like Tia Carrera. Yeah, yeah. Like, why didn't they just cast Tia Carrera? It was Mel Gibson, though, wasn't it? Wasn't yeah, it was, yeah. Someone let him sing. I'm going to give you syphilis and then kill you. Yeah. You're 16. That's I love a, you. I think she was 14. Was she 14? I think so, yeah. In real life. Have you ever seen the wind cry? I cry in mm. the cool nights, <laughs> Bree. Um, anyway, yeah. 100%. Just, um, South Park, Phone Destroyer. If you're looking for a game that is an Animal Crossing, something maybe with a little bit more depth than Animal Crossing, there is a certain level of strategy, like strategy. Well, it's not like Animal Crossing. It's nothing like <laughs> Animal Crossing. It's a bit more active. There's a lot more to do. There's a lot more to collect. Maybe not to collect, but in terms of different things to collect, the cards, you can level them up. There's, a, there's just a bit more depth to this, and it's a bit more active when it comes to a game. Mm. Um, I'd recommend it. I would give it a very strong... Uh, oh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson before Taken Free. Oh, when he used to be an actor. Yeah. Before his wife died and he yeah. just lost all hey, interest. You leave Dark Man alone. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Classic Dark Man. Return of Durant. Okay. That was seen, Dark have, Man 2. Have you seen all of the Dark Man films? I've seen Dark Man and Dark Man 2. You haven't seen Dark Man 3? Die, Dark, Dark, Dark Man, Die. Yeah. Was that the one with Amand? Amanda Santi's in the second one, isn't no, he? No, you're thinking of Arnold Vosloo. Arnold Vosloo, was it? Yeah, it's Arnold Vosloo playing both Darkman 2 and Darkman uh, 3 Darkman. Was it? Oh. Yeah. you got to remember, he could be anyone because his face melted the fuck Amanda off. Sante's um, Rico in Judge Dredd, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. Is, uh, you're thinking of someone completely different. I need to watch Judge Dredd again. Have I got that on TV? Judge Dredd is an interesting movie. You know the Hillbilly Cannibals were added just for that? <laughs> just yeah. for that film? And then they were introduced in the comics shortly after. No, they were in the comics for years, the Hillbillies were. Yeah, but the they were a different game. family altogether. No, no, same game. Was it really? Yeah, they're in the Cursed Earth book. I've got the Cursed Shit. Earth comic over there I've from only 1970 got, I've only the, something. I've never had the Cursed Earth stuff. I've only ever had the collections. You know, the small comics, mm. they had the collections for They were always in it, the Mean Angel Gang. Yeah. That was one of the things, when they were, said they were going to make a Judge Dredd film, my big thing for it was I wanted the Mean Angel Gang and I wanted the ABC robots and they did It's didn't. a really big rip-off of, um, well, the you know in Preacher, mm. the Saint of Killers. He's a massive rip-off of the uh, Angel Gang father. Probably. Yeah. The mm. lank hair, cowboy attitude, large hat. Mm. Um, anyway, sorry. And your next review. Oh, I yeah, I'll give it a, I give it a review already. Didn't I? Possibly. I don't know. If Liam Neeson before taking Yeah, time. that's it. Yeah. yeah. Before that that 16-shot getting over the fence montage they had in Taken Free. Yeah. Taken Free. Taken to the limit. Editing, man. Taken Free. Take it to the edge of my patience. Fair, this year, though, I'll say, um, as bad as lo- um, last night's editing was, you know, the friggin' Transformers. Oh, yeah. Which was awful. Editing was better in films this year. Really? A little bit better. With stuff like Get Out, which oh, was... Oh, Get Out was spe- Baby you watched Driver. Get Out now? Yeah, I saw Get Out. Yeah, I might have saw it in cinema. Oh, so you did. Yeah. I went to go see it in the Scream Unseen, didn't I? So yeah. I saw it technically, I saw it last year? No, I think you saw it start at the start of the year because it I came out in like it, yeah, March or something, didn't it? Yeah, I saw it in like January. I saw yeah. it really fucking early on. Yeah, but that's thanks to the audience. That's that's probably that's probably something we're going to be talking about before the end of the year. Well, the next episode would be the end of year special. The end of year, yeah, special. which is awkward because I'm going to finish watching Power Rangers Turbo by then. 
Oh, I'm gonna have to wait. I could, maybe I can make that my best TV series of the year. Uh, yeah. All right, your review, Anne. Um, I guess I should review Agents of Mayhem. Oh, um, someone hey! dumped that on me. Someone just went. Someone here, dumped that there. on you. Someone bought you a present. Yeah. They like you. Oh. oh, was it Santa? Well, my last name's. It was a clause. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Agents of Mayhem's all right, isn't it? I don't know. I didn't buy I it for it. myself. I bought it, it for you. It. It's literally, literally, Saints Row crossed with GI Joe. With a little bit of Team America World Police, I suppose, maybe a bit. Um, Crackdown-ish. Yeah, it had like... You know. it, when I saw you playing it, it had like a bit of a Crackdown vibe mixed in with a bit of... Um, like comedy G.I. Joe. Yeah, sort of more superhero-y. It well, they're not like, like Marvel Ultimate Alliance. They're not like superheroes not, no. in the sense that they've got like special superpowers in no. the traditional sense. They've got like DC skills universe. they do. That's what it felt like, the mm. DC Universe sort of... But it's all... I mean, like, you have triple jumps and all this sort of stuff, and it's very, you know, you've got a lot of mobility and things like that. But it's yeah. it's very much played across, like, a Saturday morning cartoon. It has animated cutscenes. They're all sort of simple. They're flash animated, but, like, it's not often you see hand-animated, like, you know, drawn cutscenes and stuff in games. Like, that takes a lot of work to do. And, it's mm. you know, it's rare you get that. Like, normally they just use in-game models nowadays because it's like you've just got to animate the models and put them in place. It's all done. You don't have to ship it out to another company to make the cutscenes. Yeah. Um, but this is, yeah, fully animated. And it sort of, you know, plays out in a very humorous way. There's two different organisations, Mayhem and uh, Legion. And Legion are trying to destroy the world in various ways. And you set out to save, to defeat them. And there's lots of heroic music. And like you start off with a team of three characters. There's like the um, she's Latino roguelike character who jumps in and shoots with Uzis and stuff that overheat. She's got a little drone thing that electrocutes bad guys. And as you level up, you get like ways of boosting your skills and all this sort of stuff. Um, drive around. There's a lot of character to it. Like all the characters, when a, when you call your car, if you stay in the spot where the car's coming to, they like jump into the car in some flashy way. Yeah. So like, there's one character who's like an Indian um, ninja samurai type character who can poison people with a virus that she's also trying to stop. Mm. She's using the virus, I guess, against the people who spread it out in the first place. Yeah. But she like jumps up into like a meditating pose and pops into the car. Um, <laughs> I like that. That's, like that. Uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. But sometimes when they get out of the car, they just sort of like go and just teleport out of it. I think it depends on if the car's in an awkward position. Um, but there is some really neat stuff in there. Like it got reviewed really sort of mediocrely when it came out, and it's better than that. It reminds me a lot of those like lower budget games that aren't quite as polished as all the big AAA games, but they're trying really hard. And it is like that. There's like neat little details. Like when you drive the car, if you want to jump out of the car, um, you hit the button to get out and the car just swerves sideways and your guy jumps out of the side of it and lands, which is a neat little animation. It drops you out exactly where you hit the button. There's no like, you know, you're skidding off down the road for ages before they actually get out. You land on the spot you want to get out of. And it's little details like that that make it work really well. Um, a lot of the shooting can be a little bit um, spongy to move the analog sticks around on, but I guess you can you know, tweak that to your will with the settings and all that. That's fine. Um, mm. And frame rate drops every now and again. But there's a lot going on. There's loads of, like... You can play it completely open world if you want, or go back to the main base and pick out your missions, then pick out side missions to unlock new characters. Pretty early on, it lets you start unlocking them. Um, get some pretty beefy old weapons and things like that, and, you know, all sorts of stuff. There's one character called Hollywood I like using, who's um, he's introduced at the start, and his special makes explosions go off around him, like, puts on his shades, and stuff just starts blowing up around him. Oh. And he's as you build the, it up, you can make yeah. it more powerful. He's in the uh, the intro movie. <clears throat> yeah, yeah. He's one I, of the three you get at the start. I fucking love that intro. I, I said yeah. this to you before. I said that the intro... You mentioned the animation style in the um, it, it, just now. I watched the intro movie, and it does feel a bit like Pixar tried to make a spy it's all, version it of... It reminds in, me of Adult Swim stuff. 
It like, I could imagine an adult swim yeah. cartoon based on this. I, it, it actually, for some reason, it reminded me of The Incredibles. It's not CGI. It's like it's um, freaking hand animated. Yeah. Well, flash animation, but it's you know yeah, drawn images and all that. You know, I think I mean? they did an original trailer that was like a CGI trailer. Oh right, that may be what I was thinking because yeah. I watched something online that said it was the intro, and the CGI intro does feel a lot like The Incredibles. Mm. Yeah, that was one yeah. they originally. But it's kind of like, I think that trailer was all bad because it made it look like it was like an Overwatch type thing. Yeah. Because the thing is now, if you show a game where there's like two distinctly teams with different skills and stuff, mm. it's going to look like something like Overwatch. Yeah. And this isn't that. This is a, this is like Saints Row, hey, but you have a team and you can switch between them. Let's refer to the original Overwatch now. Paladins. Paladins. Paladins, the original Overwatch. Yeah, which is filled with loot boxes now. And it's so fucking weird how similar they are. Yeah. If it really was the first game, I feel so fucking bad for those people. They should have hurried up. It's not like they're not a small publisher. <laughs> it's not like Blizzard Rush when they make their games. <laughs> uh, oh, jeez. I mean, Blizzard have got that Hollywood money now, though, haven't they? Yeah. Freaking Tracers in, in Ready Player One. Also, Battletoads are in there as well. They did release Overwatch, the um, videos, you know, the little animated shorts. Yeah, they long. They released those in the cinema. Did they? Mm. God, blow. I had a day where you could go and you could pick up if you bought you bought a ticket and in buying a ticket you got to see the shorts before anyone else oh dear. but then also you could buy a drink which was an extortionate price and they give you Overwatch cups oh dear oh dear plastic Overwatch cups a little bullshit plastic Overwatch cups people love those cups that's right Blizzard I am available for voiceover work anyway yeah people do love those fucking cups yeah I always see people carrying them at the cinema I'm like you fucking mugs <laughs> you piece of shit human beings I go into cinemas um, nowadays I go and see a movie with a coffee yeah makes me feel really old but I like to take in a coffee just for sipping mm. as I would this year like I've seen I've seen some very very um, cold films films that are like set in very freezing like sort of arctic areas I've seen a lot of them with coffees <laughs> just sitting there like oh god it looks awful it's so cold Mm, God, this coffee's still hot. It's fantastic. Nice. Someone, someone treks across a fucking Arctic tundra. Man's not hot, though. Man's not hot. No. Anyway, um, Age of Mayhem. It's, you know, it's one of those things where, like, I would, I, like review-wise, I should have said it should have got, like, 7 out of 10 solids. Like, you know, it's it's got frame rate problems and stuff like that, and it's not the flashiest, most friggin' perfectly made game around there. But it was never on the budget scale to compete with stuff like Assassin's Creed Origins or anything no. like that. It's it feels lower budget than Saints Row Four, but Saints Row Four was the last one that had THQ money behind it. Mm. And there's a reason THQ went out of business. They kind of spent too much money. Yeah. Um, but um, a lot of people didn't like Saints Row Four. I thought it had one of the most amazing openings any game's ever had. That whole stuff, especially when it doesn't load your character up fully from the last game and he's got no trousers on. Yeah. The president's like giving a speech in his boxer shorts. I just like the fact that it's Keith David, motherfucker. Mm. And you can have the whole um, fight with Keith David in the alleyway yeah. from it. From yeah, and it's got it's got Rowdy Roddy Piper in it. Yeah. Yeah. Classic, and he's dead now. R.I.P. Fucking sad, isn't it? Rowdy Roddy Piper. Hulk Hogan did a voice in Saints Row 3, didn't he? he was the, yeah, he um, was the big guy. Yeah, one of the luchadors. But, um, yeah. Angels of Mayhem. It's quite decent. Going to keep playing it. Going to keep shooting things. Going to unlock Gat. Yeah, because Johnny Gat's like a big thing in that. Yeah, it's set in the same universe. And the Mayhem mm. agents use the Saints Row Clovers, but it's set in the future. So I assume it's like after the utopia they establish from saving the world from aliens or something. Because mm. um, I love the idea that Saints Row are just like major celebrities 
and yeah. saving the world all over the place. What's well, the fact that they in the um, in Saints Row Three in the intro to yeah. Saints Row Three, you're disarming a nuclear weapon. Yeah, and as you fly up, it's uh, it starts playing "Don't Want to Miss a Thing" yeah. as the nuke flies up into the air, and you have to defuse it. I mean, they've always had great humour. Hmm. I, I I don't think that there'd be many people to argue that Saints Row Three was the better game than GTA Four. Saints Row Three is a masterpiece. It is. Yeah. It's incredible. It's and I, I'm pretty sure most people wouldn't argue. It's that the only it, one I finished out of all of them. Uh, <laughs> I finished Saints Row Two. Saints Row One I started, but I didn't like Saints, Saints Row, Row One. Saints Row really dodgy. Janky. Yeah, yeah. And half the jokes in it are ripped straight from Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of them. Like, there's a van internet company called Twat, which is straight from Grand Theft Auto. Like, lazy, 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 lazy. Yeah, and then, but Saints Row Three. That's when I really think that it sort of embraced the fact it was never going to be a yeah. serious gangster game. Yeah, you get dubstep guns and sh- oh, guns. Dubstep gun is amazing. Yeah, um, it's a damn good game. That it really is. I like, I like the fact that you know GTA Five's got a bit more silly and they've got DeLoreans and shit in them now, and flying cars. But you know how it is. Um, yeah. But yeah. If I told you the price... Well, actually, guess how much it cost. You told me it was like £6 something. Oh, fuck. <laughs> the game's been out for only a few months and it's £6 already. Yeah, it did terribly. No one brought it. Well, I know Paul brought it. Paul yeah. loved it. Well, a lot of people te- like, technically bought it, but the problem is it went to 20 quid immediately after release. Yeah, a lot of games are doing that now. Yeah. Wolfenstein's been being sold for 20 quid. I, I played the demo of that the other day. It's freaking good. I know. No, I've heard incredible things about yeah. it. Steep. Yeah, the game that no one that. ever talks about. Yeah. That's the one with the mountains talking to you. Really? Yeah, they, the mountains talk to you as you're playing the game. That sounds incredible. They're all like, they talk about how the snowboarders are um, cruising down the sides and all I this sort of stuff. I don't think I'm ever going to have an experience in a snowboarding game quite as beautiful as the moment that I put um, I put Amped into my Xbox, original Xbox, oh, yeah. and I found out that I could play my music in place of the terrible pop-punk soundtrack they had oh, yeah, on yeah. there and go down the mountain. I Can't was like, do that this anymore. is incredible. Can't do that shit anymore, can you? No. You I miss to, custom soundtracks in You games. have to have Xbox Live music. Yeah. And then you can only play what they've got on there. Yeah. Because that always bothered me. Remember when they put Last FM on the Xbox 360 and I thought, oh, it'd be awesome if you could run Last FM while you're playing the games. And no. And then it just sort of gradually phased out. Yeah. But custom soundtracks were the coolest thing. Yeah. I used to love it. Custom Especially with wrestling games, man. Project Gotham. Yeah. Project Gotham Racing. First Forza. Yeah. And Grand Theft Auto, when you made a custom mixtape of your music. Yeah, no, it actually, it was a radio station, wasn't yeah, it? Well, yeah, it was supposed to be a mixtape. Oh, is it really? Yeah, it showed up no, as a cassette. Um, but stuff like the wrestling games, where you, where you could choose your own song as your entrance yeah. music, so I could get my wrestler to enter the ring to Davidium by Machine Head, mm. which is like a classic song, and now you've got to use the generic shit in the games. Bum, ba, da, wa, da, bang, da, bang, diggy, 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 chicka, boogie, da, up, jump, the woogie. Kid Rock. Bar with the uh, bar. Kid. You can get Kid Rock in one of the Grand Theft, in one of the WWE games because oh, someone had entrance music from Kid Rock. Yeah, I think it was like the Undertaker or whatever. No, Undertaker had. Was it American Badass? That's it. Yeah. No, someone did have Bold. Yeah. Bar with the bar. Bar with the bar. Probably in WCW or some shit like. In WCK18, if you choose like American Badass Undertaker, they you get um friggin Limp Biscuit. Break stuff. Nah, rolling. Rolling. It's just one of those days. You don't want to wake up everything. So. Fred Durst is terrible. I know. Review something, you flaccid All right, dick. well, my second review this week is going to be of a film that I can't remember the name of right this second, but just one Oh, well, that must have been really good. must have been second. fantastic. One second, because I watched a Christmas movie. Such a big impression on you. I watched a Christmas movie for this. It's called Better Watch Out. Oh, right. Which is a movie called Better Watch Out. 
So, better watch out is the story of a babysitter going to babysit her young ward for the very last time before she releases him out into Didn't the world. Didn't you review war. this already? No, it's a different one. I was reviewing the babysitter before. Oh. This is better watch out. Yeah. Very similar concepts, but one second. Let me just quickly give you the lowdown. So, um, his babysitter... Oh, it actually has the kid from Power Rangers in it. I forgot to tell you. Which one? Um, the Tommy, the main character from Power Rangers, the new series, the new film. Tommy wasn't in the new film. The Red Ranger. Oh, the guy Jason. Jason? Yeah. Dakra Montgomery? Yeah, the guy from Stranger Things. He was in yeah. this film last year. He's legit. He is pretty legit. I he's want good a Power Rangers too. He's really good in this. Um, but anyway, he's about the only good thing. Anyway, <laughs> spoilers. Bell Watch Out is a film about a girl who goes to go and babysit a young man who she's been babysitting for years. Um, it's very self-referential. It's very silly with its concept. But it basically starts out that he's drinking. He's the age of 13. Um, he's drinking and he's just acting up. And she's like, why are you acting like this? And it's actually because he knows she's going to college. Aww. He knows she's not going to babysit him again. So he's decided to make a move. She's probably going to get dicks in her. She is definitely going to get dicks in her. Anyway, he tries to make a move on her. Hmm. And um, and it goes horribly wrong. Of course it does. So he <laughs> rigs the night so her boyfriend turns up. And basically just tortures them both. He's like a little serial killer. Oh, nice. His best friend helps him along the ride and is also smoking weed at the age of 13, which is a bit jarring, but, you know, that's the story they wanted to tell. Um, and after she, she uh, after her boyfriend turns up and they home alone him, in which they fill a paint can full of rocks to see if that would actually knock someone out or kill them, turns out it kills him, explodes ah, his head. It's a pretty nice. funny scene. Um, he then finds her ex, ex-boyfriend's number on there, who turns out to be Jason from Power Rangers. What was his name? Dakra Montgomery. That's not real, it. Uh, but they get That's him. His name. They get him to turn up, and he plays like a, he's Australian man. He plays like a faux gangster. All right. And uh, and there's like there's just a few really nice. He's very very good as the character. He's only in the scene. He's only in a scene for about ten minutes. He's like Drexel from True Romance. No, he's not like Drexel. <laughs> he's just like he's like a he's a very stupid jockish guy mm. with a slight fey hip hop sort of like he's got backwards cap and a stupid white puffy coat. But he is genuinely sorry about something that you never really find out what it is. Sadly, he meets an end. Uh, but all in all, it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun, and it's nice to see a film that has an idea and plays it through to the end. There's a really nice end scene. Um, Spoilers. There's well, no, sorry, it's like a mid-credit scene. Yeah. There's much better than this film deserves. But again, all throughout, it's kind of got this nice, stupid tone to it that kind of works. Um, I wouldn't recommend anyone goes out and buys it, but if you can rent it digitally for like four pound, it'll you know keep you entertained for the hour and a half at yeah, last. Probably be on Netflix at some point. It'll probably be on Netflix in this country at some point. But I, I watched it through um, through Voodoo. You seen there's a Stretch Armstrong series on Netflix. Yeah, I'm not going to watch that ever. <laughs> no. um, but I watched it through Voodoo. Cost me like three dollars, and uh, and I really enjoyed it. Mm. I really really odd time to watch it because I think I watched it like a week ago so I didn't expect it to be a Christmas movie because it says like oh a young man tortures like the babysitter and stuff and I was like I was like, oh this sounds weird right? what if we made a Christmas movie where some kid catches Santa as he comes down the chimney and then tortures Santa that yeah. would be awesome and now Santa can't complete his pri- his present giving thing that he does oh imagine if his life ex- it, it literally depended on it yeah so if he didn't do it then he died yeah. So he's just slowly, like he's just sweating it out as this kid's like, "Give me all the presents." Like, no, no, I can't do that. Um, all right, and your review? No oh, shit. Um, well, I always noise. said that um, Inhumans wasn't going to get any better, and it didn't. Um, <laughs> Spoilers. 
They destroyed Asalan at the end of the series. Yeah, they did. Yeah, I mean, I know that's fair enough, but you can't just drop them all off on Earth and expect a second series to happen. Cause they didn't drop them all off on Earth. They like said like 20% survived and the rest died. No, they all dropped off on Earth. I thought everyone died. They, had a thousand, they took a thousand... There's only like 1,400 of them, they said. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And they're just like, yeah, we're just going to turn up and expect to be allowed to have a place to live. Yeah, after our, after our countrymen have just fucked the world up. Yeah, no mind. I liked how the first thing they did in the show was get rid of the one person with not even good superpowers, but the one with the most visual superpowers, powers. Who was that? Medusa. The oh, only yeah. one where they needed to Shaved actually do anything visual for a for superpowers and they cut her hair off. Anyway, so uh, let's review something that was good with comic book stuff. Let's review uh, Crisis on Earth X, the crossover event between Supergirl, Flash, Arrow and Legends of Tomorrow. Did I already talk about this? No, no you didn't, you penis. Okay. Um, it was really fucking good. It's the best Justice League film this year. Like, and that's there's been two of them, so that's not too hard. Um, but it's like it's brilliant. They like made a nice big flashy, and it was definitely bigger budget than they normally spend for mm-hmm. that show. Like it looked better than it normally does. Um, they corrected a whole bunch of stuff that people criticised some of the earlier series for when they showed Metallo and Red Tornado looking more like how they should. And not just like, you know, like Red Tornado looked terrible in Series 1 of Supergirl. Mm. It looked like a Power Rangers villain, like, just bad. Um, but yeah, it was basically Nazis invade Earth, um, invade Barry Allen's wedding. Um, yeah, specifically Barry Allen's wedding. Yeah, incinerate a reverend like it's nothing. Yeah. No one cares about that. Um, no repercussions from a vicar being disintegrated. Um, and yeah, an interesting, like, crossover event thing they did. I thought it was really nicely produced. Um the only thing I would have liked that I think they should have they didn't capitalise on they should have done um, you, they, I thought when at the start they were saying oh yeah you're going to upset the Fuhrer or something I didn't realise that the Fuhrer in this world was Oliver Queen in the Nazi world yeah. when I was expecting a reveal to come across that the Fuhrer is like Superman or something I was hoping Superman yeah that would have been friggin awesome yeah um, and then suddenly in episode 4 they're calling um, the Earth X Supergirl Overgirl they never mentioned her name at any point before that she no. is Overgirl that is the name of the Nazi world Supergirl but when did they get the name? They just got the name. Um, so a couple of weird little gaps here and there. But bringing back Lennon Snart, I'm happy if they bring back... Or Leo Snart. I'm always he made happy. out with a guy! Yeah, about yeah. time. About time he I was did. I say. Yeah. Because the will they won't they with Sarah was more like, will he do he? Yeah. Like... But um, yeah, it was a really solid, brilliant, fun crossover event that like... It was better than last year's one because last year's one, each, each part of it was... F- more focused on the episode or the characters of that episode. Yeah. So like the Flash part was more focused on the Flash. The, the Legends of Tomorrow one involved time travel and stuff like that. Whereas this one, it felt like one long story. It just bled from one to the other. Supergirl part was actually relevant to the whole thing. Yeah. Um. You know, and there's some good, solid, slow-moving character development stuff. And then at the end of it, they just have Oliver Queen and everyone get married. Why not? There's quite a sad end to one character. Yeah. But you know, whatevs, Trevs. That's actually really Ray. well done. That Ray will come back in it later. Ray's going to be... Because um, I reckon the whole Firestorm thing is going to like not exactly work perfectly and he's going to need someone to merge with. Mm. And it'll be Ray, who's basically got Firestorm's powers. But like in bright light versions of them. Oh, right. So you reckon Ray's going to be the other part of Firestorm? Yeah. Because you can't just separate Firestorm and uh, they need to give Thingy something to do, don't well, they? Well, they already did that. They've separated Firestorm. Yeah, but the reason why they had to link back together Firestorm was because Professor Stein was going to explode if he didn't. Yeah, I know, but like the the whole thing was that now that they've gotten rid of... Because the mechanic... Um, 
What is his name? He's been here for ages now. <laughs> Frank. Uh, freaking, not Franklin. <laughs> oh, God. What is his name? Not Francis. No, it's not. It's not an F name. It is an F name. Is it? Yeah, it's an F name. I can't remember. But oh, no, because they just said the, the stuff they took to separate them would give neither of them powers. It would take away the powers. Well, that's the, the thing. That Stein was the only one that would overload. Yeah. Because he was the one who had the nucleus and he was the one who needed to to discharge. So yeah. he he doesn't need... Well, now that... Uh, it's on the tip of my tongue. Um, God. What the fuck was his name? <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I can't remember his name. Oh, God fucking damn it. I'm sure it's Jay something. I think it's Jay something. Jefferson. Jefferson, there you go. See, it has an F in it. So, because because Jefferson doesn't actually need to, he doesn't need anything to just exist as a human, doesn't he? No, yeah. That's why they found him. He was a mechanic. He didn't have any issues. He just like oh, mechanic. But he'd never become Firestorm by that point. Just happened. His DNA was compatible with. Yeah, because that... the other guy they got was an asshole, didn't they? They picked mm. some other guy out and didn't work. No, I'm surprised he's in this series. Actually, Jefferson, since the actor who plays him got into a lot of trouble. Really? Yeah, he um, beat up a guy in a in a McDonald's or something. Like that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, yeah, he's a real life hero. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, he just started he started getting getting some guy's face and beat him up. Cause he's a British actor, isn't he? Yeah. Um, which is why they always take every opportunity they can to have him use his British accent. It's really funny that there's so many British actors just taking over Hollywood right now, isn't it? <laughs> like Henry Cavill and stuff. Yeah, it's because we're the best ones. Well, we kind of are. We're better yeah. than the Americans are doing their voices. Look at look at um, the guy from Get Out. Main character's oh, yeah, yeah, English, yeah. isn't he? Yeah. He was in uh, Black Mirror. Yeah. I watched that episode yesterday. And I fucking still love it. Yeah. Incredibly depressing. <laughs> but no, that um, Crisis on Earth X was really friggin' solid. I enjoyed the shit out of it. Yeah, Had... 100 times better than last fucking... Yeah. I still think they need to do a Crisis event where they merge together the Supergirl world into... You know, an infinite crisis and merge it together with the Flash and Arrow world, so they don't have yeah. to keep portal in between worlds each time, and have a Superman on this Earth, like on the regular Earth. Yeah, it would be funny if you could have like this whole thing where the Flash and Arrow are considered the greatest vigilantes in the world or something, and suddenly Superman and Supergirl exist, and everyone's forgotten about Flash and Arrow being the best. That's that's life now. And it'll be like Superman's the best superhero around, and now there's no Flash coffees at the um, CCG. They're all Superman coffees. Um, no killer frost frappuccinos um, and all that sort of stuff. Oh, you're awesome! Um, it would it would ruin the series. It'd but, be fantastic. Yeah. There'd be like there'd be this thing where they're constantly second fiddle to a superhero who never appears in the show. Um, they did make a couple of um, this series. They made a couple of like Batman references here and there and mm. things like that. So I think I, I don't know. I think they want to have a Batman license, and they should just let them have Batman. I think they should just let them have whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. They're doing better than the fucking DC universes. Yeah. But like you could have Batman be like this almost myth of a character, and every time he turns up, you ne- maybe never fully see him, and he just comes in, and maybe he gets an arrow's face and says, "Stop ripping off my storylines, okay?" And then disappears. Stuff like that. Um, that'd be fine. Um, you know, they do some good stuff in that show. Those shows, though, like the friggin' the way the last series they um, introduced the vigilante. No one knew who the vigilante was, but anyone who's a comic book fan knows that. Um, Arrow's assistant guy you know the villain for that series yeah. um, is the vigilante in the comics but he wasn't he wasn't the vigilante no. in the show and this series they revealed him to be someone else entirely he was another one of the vigilantes there had been a ton of vigilante yeah. um, 
But you know, I like the fact that's just a like mantle that. that's taken up by yeah. by the rival, by yeah. whoever the rival is to Ollie. Although yeah. I would, I would like if they. The problem is that need some storylines of their own that aren't Batman storylines for no. Arrow. <laughs> what they need to do is they need to start separating away from the comics. Have have the weird B B like B comic character villains appear still. I like those. Yeah, but have the main villain evolve from the stuff that's gone before. Arrow so, seems to be moving away from using the villains from the comics as yeah, much. That's what I want it to do. Yeah. And Flash did. Flash has done the Thinker, whatever his name is, mm. and then they switched up who's playing him, which is weird. Yeah. That's an interesting plot twist because he looked freaking good. That was a really cool yeah. floating around in his chair and everything. With the skull exposed, the skull removed, and yeah, stuff. Yeah, that was really now, cool. What I want them to do is um, with Arrow. Arrow's been around long enough now that they can reference themselves. Yeah, I would like them to start getting villains in that, like you know how uh, Damien Dark existed. Yeah, maybe Damien Dark back in back in the like the days when he was traveling with the uh, Legends of Tomorrow. Maybe that still happened in his storyline. He came back and there's like some enchanted armor he made. Or there's like little bits and pieces, like someone's gone and got Damien Dark's chest plate, so he's got like enchanted armor for his chest. But then he's also gone and got League of Shadows poison and weaponry and training. And then he's gone and got something else from one of the other villains. Just mix it up so people are getting this shit. They're going like, well, this stuff's available in the market. Yeah. All I've done is I've gone and bought this shit, put it together. I'm fucking great. I like they're using Damien Dark a lot more. Yeah. Although he's going to wear out his fucking welcome soon, just like the reverse Flash did. Yeah. That was weird. That was one thing with the Christ on Earth X um, reverse flashes thingy, HR again. Yeah. And it's not like the Earth X reverse flash. It is their reverse flash. He's just using HR's face again because maybe the actor who played him before didn't want to come back for this multi-part story. It's a bit weird. So and was it like, actually meant to still be the same reverse yeah, flash then? it was their reverse flash. He crossed dimensions to Earth X and had to help them facilitate this because he's running away from the demon things that are trying yeah. to suck him through time aren't, isn't he but they killed him already they killed him multiple times time's weird like that <laughs> I think they need to stop the they're, thing- they're using stuff like a crutch now but the thing is reverse flash he exists so many places all over history that there's no really getting rid of him mm. he can just time travel from another part of history yeah it's like like no one knows where he comes from or where he's where he actually dies because mm. he's died multiple times he's been erased from existence and he still turns up I mean, true. it'd be silly to get rid of Reverse Flash fully from the Flash. Maybe, but I mean, like, it's time to start moving away from that shit. Yeah, at least there's not a speedster enemy this series. It's true. Yeah, although it's pretty quick-witted. Oh, oh shit, sir. But yeah, that Crisis on FX was great, though. I enjoyed the shit out of it. You haven't seen the last episode of the series for any of them, have you? Yeah, they've been on this, well, the last episode of the where they're breaking off from. Yeah. Yeah, that was this week. Okay, so you FX saw what's happening in the Flash. With uh, friggin' thingy, yeah, totally thingy yeah. getting his body, swapping bodies. With Let's have a quick chat about that before we go on to the next review. That's fine. Just very quickly, Whatever. if that's okay. No. No? <laughs> Alright. So, it was um, a Christmas how, miracle. How do you feel about the plot twist? I don't know. It's weird. I don't like the fact that suddenly the Flash isn't just whipping away with everything and like zooming around and getting everything sorted. He can move fast enough that all this shit could have been cleared up in, in seconds. Hmm. But he's not. No, Why he's did not. he choose to stay? I think he's thinking more if he does go and clear it up quickly, what's going to be the repercussions? Because the thinker's going to have, you know, he's going to have thought of something else. Yeah. It's all set up. Like what they should have done, though, if they were going to do the body swap thing, they should have built up that Dominic character for a bit longer mm. before switching him out. Because now it's going to be like, they're probably going to have the whole series going, oh, I wonder if we can save him and, you know, bring him back. Um, but it's like we had him for like half an episode. Mm. And why does Katie Sackhoff have that weird fake English accent? 
I don't know. I fucking hate yeah. her character. <laughs> it's like, what's her power? She can control bits of metal. Yeah. But only those bits. Yeah, only those bits, it seems, yeah. Hmm. Well, she was wearing them at the time or was something. She? Maybe she was just on the bus. What, wearing a suit of armour? Yeah, just carrying a bucket just of metal around with her. She's carrying a bucket of metal. Oh. Yeah, maybe. Right, in her bag. You've still got more more uh, metas to find, haven't they? Yeah. There's still, what, four? There's more than that, Smaller? I think. There's 12 in all, were not there? Yeah. And they've, they've only found... found, like, about six of them. No. Yeah, because got... Dibney, they had the girl with the bad luck. Um, what's Kilgore. friggin' Kilgore? Yeah, friggin' the woman, the one who keeps bothering Caitlin Snow, because she was one of them. Yeah, okay, Sackoff. Yeah. yeah, and a bunch. There's only been about five or six of them so far. No, you've got the sad guy who cries and the drugs. Yeah, you got the black dude who became the thinker. Yeah, Dominic. Yeah, yeah, you've got. That's about it. Is that it? Yeah. They've only filled half their wall up. How do you feel about Digby? Dingby? Dig? Ding? Dingby? Digby? What's his name? Diggle. Yeah. What about him? What do you think of him as a character? The stretchy man. He works. Oh, Ralph Dibney. Ralph Dibney. 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 Yeah, elongated man. Yes. Yeah. Um, plastic man. And he's a proper costume. <laughs> yeah. Well, I kind of like the the joke. It's like, have you got your costume? Always got it on me. He takes it out. And it's this tiny little. Yeah, baby yeah. grow. Yeah. But no, uh, it'll be interesting to see what they do with him. Mm. All right. I don't know. He's like. Because he can be a character who can be sort of a villain and sort of a good guy. He can mess things up for people. Oh, yeah. Because Elon Gate Man's pretty self-centered. And if there's an opportunity for him to I think get something... I think they're pushing more for him to become the hero. Yeah. Because like stuff like the Native American lady who was like yeah. collecting the artifacts again. I reckon it would be good if he got so annoying to the point that Flash was like, you know what, I'm going to put you up to the next level and he gives them to the Legends of Tomorrow for the next series. And mm. then it's just like, yep. And then the moment he goes, oh, thank fuck we got rid of him. <laughs> it's a bit where, he just has a door shut he's your problem now yeah it's a bit where he gets shot oh yeah and he just bounces, and bounces back, back and that was the again. same robber who stops the flash in the first series oh is it really yeah you know when there's a couple of episodes in the first series with that montage bit where he's like going around saving all sorts oh, of yeah. stuff it's the same robber he left like tied up with his trousers around his ankles oh, and all that shit yeah it's a nice callback cool cool yeah yeah um, but all in all I, I like it yeah the new series of the flash it hasn't been great I'd say it's probably it's probably better than season it's it's probably better than the last season, but it's still not great. Mm. Um, I'm glad that we don't have another fucking Savitar. We don't have another Reverse Flash or Black Flash because um, they were fucking balls. Yeah. Um, but I'm just I'm I'm just sad that it still feels a bit flat. <laughs> Especially when Legends of Tomorrow is just fucking running away with it. Yeah, but Legends of Tomorrow is just like tongue in cheek brilliance. Yeah, they just they keep making care. references to things the actors have been in as well, which is brilliant. Yeah. yeah the one with, she looks um, like my cousin. No, Martin Stein's um, saying about the guy who designed the Titanic should be shot. And, well, he played the guy who designed the Titanic yeah. in Titanic. Um, yeah, just loads of little references like that. Mm. <laughs> yeah, but um, so far, um, I'm enjoying all of them. I haven't yeah. been watching Arrow. I need to catch up with Arrow. Arrow's been all right. It's been a lot more sort of crime-focused, this series. Mm. But um, the villain in it is like... he's not. It's not really a major villain from the comics. He's like a hacker guy. Oh, really? Kind of feels like somebody could have easily have been um, Felicity Smoke's dad. Yeah. But, um, yeah, there's like, he's forming got... his own little mini legion of villains. Yeah, and one of them is, what, Kid Cool or whatever his name is? Who's the the one who has the fucking the pink smoke and stuff? Don't know. <laughs> he drives around like the only that. one with superpowers they've had is um, friggin' Black Canary, the evil Black Canary. Yeah. Black Siren. This guy, he, yeah. um, he's Hidden. played by a dude in, who was in Fringe and everything else. Yeah. I can't remember the name of him. I don't know. Who knows? All right. Uh, is that your, the end of your review? Yeah, fuck it. 
Okay, so my third review. Oh god, god, it is my third review. Oh god. Um, my third review is going to be. Did I do South Park last time? You did South Park a minute ago. <laughs> no, but I did. Did I do South Park, the fractured butthole? No. Well, I've been playing the South Park, the fractured butthole. Um, and as much as I've enjoyed it, I can't help but think this would be better suited for the Switch. Oh, well, that's because everyone loves everything on the Switch now. Well, no, it just, it, it feels like a good fit for the Switch. Or a tablet. It's, it's not a massively graphically intense game. Um, and in terms of the scope, the scope is still within the South Park town, so it's not a massive scope. It's, it's just a very well-constructed RPG with lots of, Lots of searching. It, it feels a bit like a flatter version. It's flatter, smaller version of Skyrim. Flatter. Is that flatter. a pun? Flatter. Is that a pun? Um, was it? Because yeah, it's it South Park. It's all flat. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it feels it feels like a, a version of Skyrim just done with South Park and smaller. Mm. Um, and although I'm really enjoying it, and, and it's an incredibly solid game, I don't want this to sound like I'm not incredibly happy that this has been released. Although I'm enjoying it. I just feel like that with the license, with all the stuff they've done over the years, they could have done a lot more. You know? Mm-hmm. They could have mm-hmm. just done maybe a bit more. But I'm enjoying it. I'm still enjoying it a lot. I've not completed it yet, but I'm very deep into it. Um and and yeah, just it's it's not as good as the stick of truth. The stick of truth was fun. It was um buggy as all hell. Mm. Um, and there's some really awkward stuff in there like you couldn't get all the Chimpokemon if you missed so there's a couple if you missed them that's yeah. it you couldn't get them all yeah and I don't think, was there a new game plus in it I can't remember I think there was yeah I think there was uh, um, but yeah Stick of Truth was a great game yeah lots of time lots of effort went into it um, The Fractured Butthole it feels like they've gone we need to do this again but better bigger and so they've added in the new <laughs> the new battle system yawning all over my sorry podcast. I'm really sorry guys they've added the new battle system which is fine um, but it just it, it doesn't feel as good and it's not as visually pleasing yeah, the battle system last one was very Paper Mario wasn't yeah. it but this one's like grid based yeah thing isn't it yes yes it is which is fine it's a lot more tactical but it doesn't have the same visual flair do you get to fart on anyone's balls yeah nice nice it's dangerous but one of the nice things is because it's all based around superheroes and finding out what's happening with the cats that are in town that are going missing. Um, oh, just get, like around here. Yeah. yeah. Well, except we know we know who's doing it around here. It's a Croydon cat killer, isn't it? Yeah. Um, in this, you get little team-up moments mm. and your power, and it's a genuine superpower, is you can fart so strong. Your farts are so strong, you can reverse time. Oh. You can displace time just and like space by life. farting. Well, only when I do it. Um, yeah. And in this, you can also you can you can team up with other characters to do special moves. So things like um, there's Captain Diabetes, which is a kid with diabetes. He drinks apple juice to go into a diabetic rage and sort of break stuff. And That's then not how diabetes works. Put, I know, but then he puts insulin. He, he injects himself with insulin to save himself. Yeah. Um, you can trigger it. He hates farts, and you can trigger it by sitting on his head and farting on his face. Yeah. That's the and yeah, he triggers his diabetic rage and he'll like destroy stuff in the environment. In yeah, well, yeah. just enrages him so much he can access that power. That just some highbrow stuff. This really is. Well, there's <laughs> there's also some very sweet stuff in there. Um, Jimmy, who no wait, sorry, Timmy, who normally has crutches and he has difficulty walking around. Jimmy has the crutches. Is it Jimmy that has the crutches? Oh, Timmy is in the wheelchair. Yes, okay. Yeah. So Timmy has full conversations with people because he has psychic powers. Oh. So he's like Professor X. 
So there's a scene in which he's talking to Cartman and he calls him a douche. And Cartman goes, he called me a douche. And he goes, he didn't call you a douche. And Timmy's like, Timmy's like, Timmy. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then there's, 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 um, Jimmy. Jimmy has, he's the speedster. So yeah. because he's in crutches and normally he's really slow and it's it's really awkward for him to get around in this, he's the speedster and the fast travel system. Yeah. And it's a weird sweetness to it. You know how like normally games they would use that as a cheap joke? Yeah. It's not really a joke in this. I kind of get that these characters have picked their own superpowers and this is them having their wish fulfillment. Yeah. And it's very, very sweet feeling. Jimmy's wish wouldn't be to be good at comedy. No. No, this is already a master. He's already a master at comedy. There's also some nice little, there's nice little callbacks. Um, mm. There's a scene in which you have to get a local hooker to come with you mm. so you can find out the source of the drug problem because the cat's uh, linked to a drug problem. It's a whole thing. Um, and you take the hooker back and Cartman goes, well, I can't keep her here and we can't keep her at Stan's house. So, uh, Jimmy, do you want to take her back to yours? And he's like, uh, uh, okay. <laughs> and grabs her and speeds straight off. Like, nice. that's it. <laughs> it's obviously because he's the only one who's hit puberty and there's the episode <laughs> where he had sex with a bunch of hookers. And uh, and it's just it's incredible. It's really, really fun. But that sort of shit is just, I think that I'm more enjoying it for the characters and the stuff I know about the show. Yeah. Um, there's a couple of newer characters I'm not, familiar with that have funny moments but I haven't watched not... the last couple of series I haven't watched yeah the last two I've missed um, yeah. but yeah there's some there's some characters in there from the newer series um, that are clearly plays on stuff that's happened and I think if I was up to date it'd probably be a bit funnier but they still have their moments there's a battle with someone named PC Principal and it's a very PC Principal basically and there's moment there's a moment where you have to identify microaggressions so it's like it's like it's like your hair is very nice today and it's like attack and it's like if you don't attack then it's like you're right that wasn't a microaggression and then it's like that man is quite a good driver for an Asian and it's like attack and it's like yes that's right that was a microaggression that's assumption that's working on the assumption that all, and it's just like this is terrible this is the internet now this this is actually pretty true to the world uh, but um, but in terms of the actual gameplay and stuff like I said it feels like they've expanded on the on the um, battle system but at the same time it feels restrictive and less visual yeah, it's still a really strong game, and it's already gone down to twenty five quid. People can pick it up for twenty quid, twenty five quid, which is the same as Wolfenstein. It blows my mind that games are going so cheap so quickly now. Yeah, um, but I would recommend everybody, everybody who who finds South Park funny, even if you haven't watched it for a few years, I would recommend playing this game. And for twenty five pound, you get the Stick of Truth as well, which is incredible. And that's on PS four, so I believe that it is PS four Pro enhanced. That's worthwhile for the. South Park. 4K. 4K <laughs> stick of truth. Yeah. Look, everywhere we can get 4K, we have to try. It's not It's not every day you get to watch stuff in 4K. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. When are they going to release Robotron in 4K? I want Robotron in 4K. I want the Pacific Rim 4K Blu-ray released in the UK. The so Blu-ray? Blu-ray. 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 Um, what was the joke that Jimmy... That, yeah, that Jimmy told on the... Um, God... He, he had some great fucking stand-up and there was that one joke that he told that killed and then he got an erection anyway. I don't know. I can't, I can't remember, man. Do you remember that episode? Yeah, I remember it. Just the, freaking years the ago. The cop's on the bike and he, he's driving between the two cars and they've got the hooker <laughs> and the legs are apart and the cop drives and just his head is hanging out. There's this insane visual, visual of um, Jimmy trying to drag the prostitute back into his car this fucking police officer squirming as <laughs> <laughs> his head is embedded in this Horrible, horrible, horror fits on this hooker. Ah, oh, God, all right, your review. 
Oh, dear. Oh, wait, no, sorry. I give this a Ryan Reynolds. All right. It's kind of our renaissance man, isn't he? Is he? He sort of does everything. Well. No, no, sorry. Childish Gambino. That's Childish a real Gambino. renaissance man. Yeah. Yeah. Sings, dances, directs, acts, writes. He does it all. Yeah, he's in everything now. And he's handsome. Yeah, everyone likes Childish Gambino. I want to see his penis. You might in, I don't know, something. Atlanta. You know Beauty and the Beast? Have you seen the new Beauty and the Beast film? No. Why not? It's got Kevin Klein in it. I'm not going to watch it. It's got Kevin Klein in it. Uh, Through that whole film, I just kept thinking, I want to see that beast dick. Oh. I want to see it. Because if I was if I was that girl and I was like, and I was like, oh shit, I'm trapped in this castle. I've got nothing to do all day. This guy reads a lot of books. And uh, he's quite handsome for a CGI beast man. I wonder what that dick looked like. That dick look like probably spiral. You watch him once and get railed by the beast. That's disgusting. I'm in love with him because because great spirally penis. Hmm. It's not ribbed, it's spiraled for my pleasure. Yeah, lovely. It's like he's corkscrewing me. <gasps> the word screwing's in corkscrewing. So there you go. It's a free one for you guys. I don't think Disney are going to do bestiality. Be. Uh, That's something Sega would do. I guess. <sighs> no, I can't remember the words to that one. See my vest. See my vest made from real gorilla chest. Yeah. See my sweater, Irish setter. Even that. I can't remember the one. Grizzly bear underwear. Turtlenecks, I've got my shirt. Gray of poodle on my noodle, I shall wear. Alright, I don't know the rest of the words. Alright, it's your turn. Alright, you better have a good last review. I don't. Because you're supposed to escalate the reviews. What? Yeah, I've, no, I've been trying to explain this to you okay. for ages. You always want the last review to be the big thing. Oh, shit. Um, well, I I saw yesterday Star Wars Episode Eight: The Last Jedi. You saw it yesterday? Yeah, I saw it yesterday. Went oh. straight off to work and saw it. Friggin' wasn't hanging around. Um, yeah, Star Wars Last Jedi's out. It's really fucking good. Like, like up there... As one of the best Star Wars films. Force Awakens, I thought, was like near Return of the Jedi, a bit below. Yeah. It was alright. Rogue One, I quite liked. Um, it's up there, a similar sort of place as well. But this one is like friggin' Empire Strikes Back, near. Um, it's fantastic. Um, not going to spoil stuff, because that's the sort of thing racists do. Everyone bleeds Zachary. Shut up. Alright, so, you remember how like. Um, the last film was basically about two hours, 15 minutes of going, hmm, what about this mystery? What about this mystery? What about this mystery? And they're never answering any of them. Because that was that's J.J. Abrams' whole thing, isn't it? His mystery yeah. box way of telling stories. It's the reason why Lost was just like a series of mistakes. Um, because his favourite thing is to go, I'm going to set up mysteries and set up little mysteries here and there. And it will lead you on and make you want to keep watching more. And it's like, yeah, but normally in films when you set up a mystery, the mystery gets solved. And then you get some sort of conclusion at the end of it. And he doesn't have any interest in that. He just wants to do mysteries. Um, this film actively like destroys every single one of the mysteries he sets up. It goes out of its way. Like All these people have spent the last two years trying to figure out all the secrets. Like who's Snoke, who's Ray's parents, all this sort of stuff. This film just shits all over them. Does it it's just tell fantastic. you all that information? It sort of dismisses them. Sometimes funny in funny ways. Sometimes in ways that are filled with disdain for the previous oh, really? film. Which is fantastic. Who um, are Ray's parents? Do we find out? I'm going to tell you spoilers. No, but do the, you find out? You find out, okay. but I'm not going to tell you who they are. But um, yeah, the film's fantastic in that respect. Um, it's like 
it's it's weird. It's like it's really small scale for a Star Wars film. The whole film, like ninety like ninety percent of it up until the final act, is a chase sequence. Mm. Um, basically, the um, first orders chasing down a rebel fleet. It's the last group of rebels. There's only about four hundred left. Because you remember in the last in Force Awakens, they destroyed a whole bunch of the rebel planets, wiped out pretty much any resistance. All that's left is Leia's army that she's got left. Um, Poe Dameron, Finn's in a coma still, all this sort of stuff. But it's set like practically straight after the last one. It's not far off. Um, but they're chasing them down. And the whole film, they haven't got enough... They can track them through light speed. So like, it's a new technology the First Order have picked up. And if they use their light speed technology, the First Order will just capture them and kill them instantly because they'll be out of fuel. So they're trying to get out of the range of this massive, great, big Snoke's ship, which is like a giant wing, chasing after them. And they're trying to keep out of range of its weapons long enough to keep themselves alive so they can find a way of stopping, you know, this weapon, stopping them from being able to chase them through um, through light speed and all this sort of stuff. And while that's going on, Finn goes off on his little quest because they're going to try and find a code breaker to hack the system so they can destroy this device that's going to, you know, mess them up. That allows yeah. them to track through light speed. Ray's off looking, you know, training with Luke Skywalker on his little monk island planet thing full of porgs. And stuff. How did that go? Um, it's all right, you know. Mix, mix, bad. Do you get a good mix, bad? Do you get like a good montage? And there's no training montage. It's a proper film. Um, but Rian Johnson's a proper filmmaker. He's very, he's very caught keyed in on fundamentals of filmmaking, making sure he only puts in what matters to the plot of this yeah. film he's making. Like Looper, never wasted time explaining how time travel worked. They Don't even, worry, kid. If you try and figure about it, you're only going to give yourself a headache. Yeah, it's like it doesn't matter. All what matters is that you get how it's working at this film in this yeah. film. Um, you know how it works for the plot, and that's what this film does. Everything in it is in service of the plot. Um, it's daring. It shakes stuff up in the Empire. It finally sort of deals with all the whole, you know. The whole idea that everything revolves around the Skywalkers and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. Because that's always been a bit of a thing with Star Wars, is that everything revolves around the Skywalkers as if nothing else matters in the universe. That's because George Lucas is an arsehole. Yeah, he sort of makes it all about that. Yeah. Um, but this one's kind of recenters it of being a thing about it's a war that's affecting loads of people. And there's not many of these people left who are still fighting. Yeah. Um, hope's gone from the galaxy and that's why they want Luke back and all this sort of stuff. Um but yeah, it's like it shakes up so much stuff. There's some fantastic sequences in it. Um, some pacing, it's a bit wobbly for the uh, for the first hour Rian or so Johnson of it. I'd though, say, isn't it? yeah, but that's I, his problem. He, he's he's a very 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 good director, but he does have a problem with pacing, and often he forgets his own logic. That's fine. He does what he wants. Yeah, <laughs> but um, yeah, there's like loads of people out there who are screaming and hating this film, and I don't know why. I, can't, I think it's if you're the sort of person who liked Force Awakens and you think that's good filmmaking. That Force Awakens is passable. I've watched it a couple of times since and every time it gets a little bit worse for me. I still like it, but I like yeah. Force Awakens just because it felt like the first time I was watching a Star Wars movie. It's a bit of a nostalgia trip time. thing. Yeah, it yeah. felt like I was watching a Star, like a genuine Star Wars, Star Wars movie and I never got that from the prequels. Yeah. I never once watched a prequel and went, oh, look. Well, this one, like, that's the thing. Force Awakens is like going, hey, remember all the stuff you liked from Star Wars? Here's some mm. Star Wars. Rogue One was like that as well. There was a lot of friggin' actually, to be honest, hats and all that sort I of stuff. Find, I find the Force Awakens to be on par with Rogue One. I'd say they're both. 60%. Yeah, they're both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, 
This on, one more on a good has day, a couple of drinks of me. They're eighty percent. This one has a lot more of the stuff that the original trilogy had, which was everything's in service of building the world and mm. making. Like while well, I say it's like really small, and that the central plot is built around this chase that goes on for most of the movie. Yeah, um, a very slow chase through space. Um, space chase. There's a whole bunch of will be and stuff. Finn and, Finn and a character called Rose go off to this other planet to find a code breaker, and it's like a gambling planet. Apparently, this Rose so character is like the the um, big draw. Like people are loving her. No, people hate her. But, you know, it's the same sort of people who always seem to hate all the women in mm. TV shows and films. The ones who complain about Felicity smoking Arrow and all this sort of stuff. Yeah. You know, the ones who just every time a film comes out, it's always the female characters they seem to have problems with. Yeah. It's weird, that, oh, isn't, that it? isn't it? Yeah, yeah strange. Um, Fucking you know, cunts. Um, the stuff with Kylo Ren and Rey is fantastic. Um, I've heard that there's a very good, there's a very sincere Fred through yeah. their relationship. Like, yeah. It's almost like they're two children that are lost. Yeah, like he's out of, they're both sort of like she's searching for something to find a point for her life. She thinks he cannot be bought back, but she's kind of at the, but at the same time he's so conflicted and like that was the Fred going through the first one. He's just a ball of rage and he doesn't really know how to. He's just never grown out of his teenage phase. Yeah, I mean we don't say how old he is in the sh- in the films, do they? But it's kind of I mean Adam Driver's like thirty four and he's supposed to be playing him a lot younger than he actually is. Yeah. But um, he is just like this person who will do self-destructive shit because at some point in the past he went to the dark side a bit too much. Is he more powerful in this one? Um, I don't know. I mean, you got to consider in the last one, um, whenever you saw him going off the rails with his force powers, there was like... I mean, he uses force powers quite a lot really strongly in the start of Force Awakens and at the end he's getting... Because he's been injured and stuff. Hmm. It's not as not as big there. But in this one, like... They established stuff like him and Ray psychically linked across the galaxy. Yeah. Like they're conversing with each other across the galaxy, which sets up this whole the force can spread through everything kind of thing. Has there ever been an instance of that in a film? No, but it's they're sort of they're building up the idea of not having so many restrictions on the force. Because it's meant to be wizards in space. Mm. You can't like you can't worry about the science behind it. Because the moment you start worrying about the science behind it, you're midichlorians. And fuck midichlorians. Yeah. Well, I don't want the science behind it, but I'd like it to be I'd like there to be some... But there is definitely the ability to feel stuff through the galaxy. They've oh, yeah, established yeah. that before. Like, you know, it was yeah, like just, a thousand I'm, voices I'm, screamed out in terror once. Like, sometimes. You know, um, in my head, I'm trying to work out something so that it doesn't feel like they're just going like, insert magical power they didn't know they had before. It's fine. And I think I know why. It's just because we've never seen two Jedis on the same side. We've never seen, well, a Jedi and a Sith. There's never the been... Side. There's like never the been prequels. two at once. Yeah. Like the prequels, they don't really count because it was just George Lucas shitting on paper and like licking yeah. his own arse. Do you remember when they used that really fast movement thing in the in the prequels and then never again? At the start no. of um, Revenge of the Sith, was it? The one where they tried to get poisoned on the... When they go... When they're on the... Was it... Was it Attack of the Clones or Phantom Menace? I can't remember. They're on the ship for some boring bullshit and then some gas gets let out in the room and they use some dashing quick move thing and never again... Like that must have been the first one. It was a Phantom Menace. Was it Phantom Menace? Yeah, because they saw their way out the door. Yeah, it's where they held their breath for ages or yeah. something. Oh, they must be dead by now. I can't remember. <laughs> Bad movies. Mm. Um, but this one, it's like, I don't mind if you introduce new ways of using the Force. The whole idea is, and it's hammered home a lot through this, is the Force surrounds us, it binds everything together. It binds everything together. You're talking about something on a galaxy-wide scale. And yeah. if someone's powerful enough, they can... It's like the idea that it's a quantum force. I, or I'm more, I'm more like the idea that it's something that if you want to talk to someone and they're with the force, it's like tuning in. Yeah, but it, they've had you... mentioned that with Luke and Leia for ages. They've always said they've had some sort of connection yeah, but... psychically. 
you know, I, I knew you would be okay and all that other shit. Like, I get that, yeah, yeah. but it's just, it still, it always felt like it was, it was tenuous at best. If there's like an actual cemented precedent for it happening in this film, it means that going forward, we know that's something they can do. It's definitely forced powers on a larger scale in places, yeah. which is good because I want that. Um, and the whole thing with Ray and Ren is that they're like, they have incredible abilities with the force, but it's like super untrained and dangerous and not quite under control. And that's good. Um, but yeah, I've, this film shakes up everything. It feels like the end of a trilogy and the start of a new one. Like there is a real big feeling of conclusion and then to set up for what the final part will be, which would be the last remnants of the resistance taking out the first order. And uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Except J.J. Abrams is directing the next one. Shit. <sighs> it's going to be a mystery box. At least Rian Johnson's got his own trilogy, apparently. Yeah, that's pretty yeah. cool. Solo's next. That Han Solo film that no one wants. Oh, Donald Glover. Yeah. But directed by... Well, it was originally directed by the two guys who did Lego Movie, wasn't it? Yeah. And they got fired and Ron Lego. Howard came in. That film's supposed to be coming out in May. <laughs> it's not going to come out in May. It's going to get moved to Christmas, isn't it? Somehow replacing uh, Kevin Spacey with Christopher, Gl- uh, Chris- Christopher Glover? What is it? Christopher... Crispin Glover. No, Christopher Plummer. Christopher Plummer, yeah. Yeah, yeah just replace it. Somehow that was, that was quicker... Than yeah. they're making the, the Han Solo movie. Yeah. I don't want a solo movie. Let's just cancel it. <laughs> just let us wait two years, get to episode nine. But, um, I mean, it's like it's left me in a point where I'm really, really excited to watch episode nine. Mm. And it's reboiled Star Wars down to the core of what it should be, which is about a massive war affecting millions of people, wizards in space coming involved in it. Yeah. Space wizards at the centre of a massive war. Um, because I think a lot of people imagine Star Wars as being about the space battles and about the vehicles yeah. and stuff like that, when it and about the Skywalkers. But that's because of the merchandising. Yeah. Yeah. But most people, whenever people talk about the expanded universe, they don't give a shit about Luke Skywalker's kids. They care about Admiral Thrawn. You know, they care and about Solo's the Old kids. Republic and stuff like that. Stuff that's miles Solo's away. Kids. Yeah. Solo's kids and all that. Oh, Lando Carusian's kids. No, oh, I don't care about that. What about Chewbacca getting squashed by a moon? Um. I'm glad most of the expanded universe is nonsense now. Are you done? But anyway, um, I, I friggin' love the film. It shakes yeah. up the entire universe and I'm ready for the next one, but I'm not confident that J.J. Abrams is going to resist his friggin' mystery box bollocks again. Well, if if it's the third one, it's the end of the trilogy. They said that this is a trilogy. Yeah. Then he can't do that. It has to end. I'm hoping Rian Johnson's trilogy will be far removed from everything. Let him do his own thing. I would mean Johnson to just do a trilogy where he's just very loosely connected rogue, um, very loosely connected rebels. Maybe, maybe do a whole film based on rebels because mm. that's got a, like a big arc going on for it. I'd also I'd like something I'd like something like a planet that's been been warring between the natural people that have sort of colonized it and the um, empire trying to take it over. No, and just have like a weird, very very gritty. Rogue One-esque land battle where it's just people with lightsabers and fucking batons and, and guns they steal from the from the people. Yeah. Like, you know, like, lightsabers are like antiques and they've got, like, old lightsabers and shit like that as part of the security force and they've just got people that aren't Jedis. No one's a Jedi. Just having these horribly impoverished people fighting back against the Imperials. Yeah. Have it almost like, uh, yeah, it would just essentially be like Rogue One on a planet-wide scale and they would have tactical points they had to take at the same time so you'd have them all communicating across planet like, did you do it? And then the final one is just like, no, we didn't achieve the mission. It's like, no. And then like, you just see the empire marching 
marching on like and, and, no, and just do something the miles removed from all that Ditch the Empire. Ditch all that. No, have the Empire. So it's set years before or years after any of the other films. Like, completely separate. So there's not any of it. Because I remember when he, they announced that he's doing his own trilogy and the first thing people wanted to know if it was an Old Republic trilogy. Hopefully um, Disney have taken that on note that people want an Old Republic trilogy. Or an Old Republic film, at least. I want that fucking game. I want mm. Star Wars 1664, whatever it was. Oh, whatever. yeah, 14 something. 14 Been cancelled. Yeah, I want that fucking game. Yeah. I just want to fucking play that game. It looked incredible. It was like the raid, but with fucking bounty hunters. And as you were going down into the depths of the planet and the fucking living quarters, you could capture bounties and they would be fucking zoomed up. And you'd get money based on that. You could upgrade and that would come down in place of where the fucking... Oh, it'd be great. Why couldn't I play it? Anyway. Yeah. You done? The Last Jedi. It's fucking good. Yeah? Is it a solid see it from Ant? Um, it's a complete it from the completionist. No. Um, but definitely, I would say, like, I'm gonna watch. I'm gonna have to watch it again at some point. But it's it's edging on to Empire Strikes Back as far as I'm oh. concerned because it is like there's visuals in it. Like you know that planet that you see in the trailers where the things are speeding along, the red dirt's coming up yeah. behind them. Um, that's like a whole bloody metaphor, and you'll see that at the end of the film. It's awesome. like it's like there's imagery involving that. That's just basically like the the first order just punching the last bits of blood out of the um, of the rebellion. Oh. It's really nasty imagery. I don't understand the references to Star Wars, but... You'll see. But I'll tell you mm. what, tell you what, from your cadence, I can tell you enjoyed it. Mm. And that's enough for me. All right, so my last review this week is going to be a film I've been very much looking forward to seeing. All right. It's, it's probably the biggest release of the year for me. All right. Um, I... Bear. I'm pretty sure that... No, I'm, I'm not going to review Brixby Bear. I'm going to review something that's going to make you upset that you didn't get to see it. All right. So this year, as with every other year for the last 50 or 60 years, Takeshi Mike released a film. Ah. He, Lady the one. Immortal. Only one film. I think it's two. Did he? No, Yakuza <laughs> Apocalypse was last year, wasn't it? He makes about 70 films a year. Yeah. Uh, but he released Blade of the Immortal, mm. which is uh, which is a, a, uh, a film about samurai. Not samurai. He doesn't have a master. Samurais were the ones with masters, weren't they? No, that was... Samurais were army men and stuff. Yeah. You're thinking of a ronin. He, he's not a ronin. I think he is a samurai. I think he was part of the army. But anyway, so... It, Ronins it, are samurais for hire. Yeah, there you go. Uh, ronin then. This mm. this ronin is travelling the land with his... with his. I think she's retarded. <laughs> retarded sister or, or, or female friend. Um, when suddenly they encounter a group of 100 gangsters um, who, yeah. who are, you know, saying they're going to kill him and, and do all these horrible things to him uh, they kill the girl driving him into a frenzy at which point he kills every one of them only to be Fair infected enough. with blood worms by a mysterious character uh, these blood worms stop him from dying constantly repairing his body making it so that he is the aforementioned immortal oh this sounds a lot like a ninja scroll type thing it's actually more like Rurino Kenshin Ru- Rurouni Kenshin yeah, yeah Rurouni Kenshin you need to watch that again I've watched all the live action films they recently released. Uh, I saw the, I mean the anime. Oh, the anime, I haven't watched the anime. on Netflix. Is it good? I think it was. It's an old 90s anime, I only watched a few of them. It used to be on, I think Channel 4 showed it years and years ago. I'm not, like, I'm not a massive fan of 90s anime because it always has that that Aeon Flux style. No, it doesn't. No? Aeon Flux isn't anime. No, but it has that style of movement and and, and, and the way that it, but anyway, that's besides the point. That's not what I'm getting at. So, um, Blade of the Immortal, it's incredibly violent. Nice. As you'd expect. Yeah. Um, spectacularly shot. Uh, there's a scene in which... Um, and this is... this. The weird thing about this is... 
so many so many um sort of western directors take influence or take influence uh from from eastern films like the way they work um yeah and and you can sometimes see some of that shot but they're so terrified they're so very terrified of showing you a shot in which they don't specifically focus on one person that they want you to follow plot wise that they will never do what these people do and there is there is a shot in which 30 35 people are surrounding our character and you can just see blades and blood and movement and it's shot in black and white this particular scene so it's even harder to keep track of the guy that we're actually meant to be following all you can tell is from the sounds someone is getting torn apart people are clashing fighting and ruining lives and nice. then all of a sudden he'll push back and you'll see him for a brief second two swords bringing one up against one person blocking another person and then as he blocks sliding the sword down and then getting a nice strike on the person that's blocked him. and it's just this beautiful ballet of violence and every so often you just get a peek behind the curtain and there he mm. is trying to defend and there's a point where it just gets uh, throughout the film he's getting injured and he's essentially fighting these people that are presented to him because he's He's killed a lot of people. He's killed the wrong person. Well, not the wrong person. He's killed a person that has a lot of money and influence behind him, and there are other people now trying to kill him. Yeah, and there's just a good some, job of it. Yeah. It might no, be difficult. There's some really imaginative little fight scenes. There's a bit where he shows how many weapons he's got. He's got a load of weapons stashed all over him in his comical amount. Hmm. It's like, it's like, oh, like, here you go. There's this, this, and this. He's got this ridiculous blade. Mikitashi's comedy is underrated. Yeah. His freaking Phoenix Wright movie is glorious. I haven't seen it yet, it's but I've heard good things hilarious. from you. Um, <laughs> But in, in terms of film, like, this is, visually, this is incredible. Hmm. Um, I, I haven't seen anything like this in, in a good while. I watched Yakuza Apocalypse and praised it because it was just fucking wacky horror, horror bullshit. And it had hmm. some of the best one-on-one fights I've seen in a long time. Not since The Raid 2, which was maybe two years before this. Yeah, about that, yeah. Yeah. It's 2015, um, wasn't it, Raid yeah, 2? Yeah, The Raid 2, yeah. yeah. Um, but The Raid 2 had great one-on-one fight scenes. There's that scene at the very end of the kitchen... Where they just have those little tiny knives and they are just fighting each other. And every time someone gets a cut, they stop and they're like, <laughs> and they reset. And then it's just this, it's this weird formal way of fighting, this formal brutal dance between these two people. Yeah. And with this, it doesn't feel like a fucking dance. It feels like a mosh pit. And that is incredible. It is just, Takeshi Amai, how old is he now? He's in his 50s, thereabouts. So he's only been active since like the mid eighties thereabouts. Yeah. He's like quite young. We started your TV series and stuff. Mm. Um, but it is just the energy this guy yeah. has. It was stuff like um, audition and yeah. uh, visitor Q that brought him through. He did the Vengeance trilogy, didn't he? No, not Vengeance trilogy. What's Sympathy for Mister Vengeance? They're yeah. um, they're Korean. That's Park Chan Wook. Oh, so they are, yeah. Yeah. No, he did uh, Ichi the Killer, Audition, yeah. Ninja Kids. There's a classic. Yakuza Apocalypse. Yeah, Thirteen Assassins, which is a oh, freaking fantastic film. That's again. That has that has a similar scene to this. Mm. So 2013, 13 Assassins, wasn't it? Yeah, and that's fully color, isn't it? Yeah, great. Because um, it's a remake of Seven Samurai. Sort of. It's, yeah. it's a. It's in that it's, whole. It's a remake. It's of, a love up to Kurosawa. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that has that great mud pit scene. Mm. You know, where the bamboos splints. They've like made all the poles and stuff, and they're going to war, and they're like basically they've set up the pipes going out, and they've got a spiked edge. Mm. It's when the guy slips. And he slips down as he's fighting people and he blocks someone. And as he's as he's going to stand up, he uses one hand to lift himself up, but he's still got one hand on this two swords of this person. Mm. And it's just the fucking visceral nature. You can you can just feel this person. He's an actor who is clearly just going like, I need to get back up from the scene, but I am actually struggling. <laughs> and it's just like stuff like that. The things that he captures, and like I said, it's like a mosh pit. When this guy fights, it is 
fucking ruining buildings. Like, and it's not because he is some fantastic fighter. It's just because he can throw himself into something. He can throw himself into every fight. And he uses that in the, in the visuals, in the way he directs it. He uses that, that freedom of just, well, my body doesn't matter. And that's the only thing I was ever going to try and protect when I'm doing these fights. So fuck it. Let's get a bit interesting with this, shall we? (laughs) And it's really nice. It's really, really good. I'd, I'd recommend anyone who, who has any vested interest in, in anything martial arts based or anything like, you know, epic based because it does take on this epic scale. I am thinking makes fantastic films. Me, me I, just don't, I don't it's clearly just lit off the hinge like he's one of the few directors in Japan where they just seems to get unlimited production quality from yeah. them they just let him do what he wants well like he can he. The, the thing is he can also flip between genres I mean like yeah. I saw so I saw you Yakuza- made Ninja Kids for God's sake yeah. he made the Yakuza film well, Yakuza, Yakuza Apocalypse I watched last year yeah. was a horror comedy that felt like it was an American director making a Japanese horror comedy yeah this Feels like a very, very Japanese director, completely understanding uh, like uh, a whole genre of movies that have come before it, and making a love up that's also at the same time slightly, slightly um, out of, satirical. Out of like Japanese directors, he's like heavily influenced by Akira Kurosawa and stuff mm-hmm. like that. But he also pulls a lot of influence from like seventies and eighties horror movies, American black exploitation stuff, and I'm surprised he hasn't made a Zatuichi. violent monster stuff. Like, uh, Zatuichi, yeah, Zatuichi. No, no. I'm the surprised lot. he hasn't made a Zatuichi film. He might one day, who knows? Everything I wanted to, to remake. Eventually. Was it was it um, Wolf and Tiger Cub? Oh, Is yeah, that... Lone yeah. Cub and Wolf. There you go. Yeah. I want him to make, remake that. Yeah, he kind of puts stuff from that in his films, though. He He's never a had a baby pram with like booby traps no. in it. That's but, what I want. Yeah, like he can do stuff that feels really sort of sort of patched together and visceral and low budget and stuff. Like, each of the killers got some really, like, gritty, dirty feeling stuff mm. going on it. And then he can make something that's, like, fully 100% for kids, like Ninja Kids. Yeah. And it's a whole bunch of six-year-olds running around in brightly coloured ninja costumes. Yeah. I would love him to make a freaking Japanese Ultraman film or something oh, like that. Or oh, Godzilla. Like, a, a Godzilla film from him would be amazing. That's... It's just <laughs> in my head. I, I can't put 13 Assassins, Yakuza Apocalypse and this in the same boat. Hmm. I can't, but they come from the same fucking man's brain. Yeah, he's got comic book and tendencies. Like yeah. he likes cartoon stuff because this one, Blade the Wolf, sounds a lot like if Wolverine was a samurai. Like he's it, super healing. It, it throw himself into shit, cutting people to pieces. I would, I would agree <laughs> with you, but uh, after seeing it, you'll you'll see it has a tone that's yeah. so rich. But in it a, feels, it feels like it in feels, a basic premise, you've got a, sam- a samurai warrior who heals himself and will just tear people. I, that, is, that is the most basic I can give you yeah. because it's almost like a curse, and he's being haunted by the person who actually gave him the ability. And then yeah. it's alluded to there being other people that have the same ability, but then on realization, they don't. They're just saying they do and using the fear of that to try and drive. And then there are people that maybe do, and it just it's it it's. Wolverine is a one of those caterpillar cakes you can get from Marks and Spencer's for six quid. And a very hungry caterpillar. Yeah. And Blade of the Immortal is a 50, 60 quid, quid slice of chocolate cake from the most decadent bakery in the place. And you just, every bite is this weird symphony of just of elements you never expected to find. Hmm. Whereas Wolverine, you're like, oh, it's a chocolate cake. It's a fucking cake. This is, I've had this a hundred times. And and that's the weird thing about when I was watching it, I was it's it's almost hypnotic, the way that it all works. Mm. And there are scenes where you feel to yourself, oh, this should have been edited down more. 
But the reason that it's all been there is because he filmed this no, he fight. He takes scene. his time. He does his. Yeah. He takes time. So, 13 Assassins is like friggin' what is it? It's like an hour of build up to an hour someone, long finale. Someone takes 10 minutes to die in one of the most brutally awful. And it's not even like they die in a violent way. I think mm. they bleed out. Yeah. I think, again, it's in the rain. It's in that rain shot where you can see that he is bleeding. And they're yeah. somehow, they're fucking, they've, they've designed it perfectly and, and somehow found a way to shoot this so you can see it just exactly as it happens. But there's someone bleeding as they're fighting and they're still fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting. They're still bleeding. They're in pain. You can see them slowly, slowly getting slower and, and then they're finding it more and more difficult to fight back. Mm. But they get back up and they keep fighting. It's like that weird, America always tries to fucking do that. Like in uh, Man on Fire. They keep trying to get their hero like slowly going, oh no, oh, I feel bad. And he like coughs on his blood. In in like <laughs> in the films made by Takashi Wang, someone gets stabbed, and as they get stabbed, as they get closer to get death, they get angrier and more determined to kill as many people as they can. They don't start going like, <laughs> like that. They just they just fucking start stomping. Like you can feel it, like they're like every step is just that tiny yeah. bit of energy they didn't know they had before. And they're getting closer and closer, like, I'm gonna fucking skin you alive. I will die immediately after, but I'm going to do this before I do. And that, you don't ever get that from American films. Yeah. You never get, like, it feels, it just, it's, it's, like I said, it's, it's a cheap, shitty cake compared to the most decadent thing you could ever taste in your life. It is, it, it, fucking ridiculous. And I savored every fucking bite. I felt every tiny little, little note in it. And I loved it. No, I used I to go back to making again. really friggin' weird films again, though. No, I, I, I'd love to see him make something I fucked disagree. up again. I disagree. <laughs> Maybe got it all out of system. <laughs> what he's done with this for $7 million, I think it was made, is fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. Japanese films get made for hardly anything. Like, yeah, 13 just... Assassins is like a micro-budget film compared to... Yeah, it was like $10 million. Yeah, and that yeah. film has like one of the most fantastic... They made a fucking village. Yeah, they made a village. The bamboo village. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. The fucking mud it's village friggin... is incredible. Yeah, just to fuck it up at the end. And then they made fucking, what, America recently remade Magnificent Seven and somehow it was still 60% CGI. What the fuck? Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I can't recommend this enough. And I don't think anyone's going to get the chance to see it. I had to go to fucking London again to go and see it. And I'll that, see it eventually. It breaks my heart that I have to go to London to see this film that should be widely released. This this film, for visuals and for music, could receive an Oscar. It's so fucking good. No, it could be up for um, Best International Movie next year, isn't it? Maybe. Because I don't um, think there was really ma- many international films this year that like broke through or anything. My, this year, we've had so many visually stunning films. Wind River is mm. a quiet contemplation on the sad, lonely murder of a girl that turns into something that made me want to visit some of the harshest realities, well, harshest environments that someone can live. Mm. And, it, and it, it it paints it. Like, that's it. It's it's a visually stunning thing to watch. I can't believe I'm saying this, but Jeremy Renner might win an Oscar for it. Yeah. No, he's actually fucking incredible. Isn't he? <laughs> like... I mean, obviously, um, film of the year was Justice League. Um, oh, yeah, cinematography, music. Yeah. It had... It had... It had Images and music. Oh, my God, I saw someone the other day saying that cover of Come Together is one of their favourite songs of all time. That's like, fucking fuck disgusting. Off, I horrible. would take the Joe Cocker version over that fucking shit. <laughs> Here come on, flat top. Uh, no, like, it is so bad. You've got it's... Mojo Finger. Fucking. No, there's been some really great films this year. But we'll it's, talk it's... about them next time. I forgot, I forgot Logan was this year. Oh yeah, it was. Logan was fantastic. Yeah, Logan was re- Logan was yeah. really good. What else was this year? Um, Guess out. We yeah. said that already. Wind River said that already. Yeah. Brooks Be Bear. We said that already. Um, uh, Blade of the Immortal. 
Blade Runner 2049. Blade Runner 2049 was great. I still haven't seen. <laughs> Have you not? No. Oh. Technically in the UK, Shin Godzilla, we finally got it this year. <laughs> oh, Paddington 2. Yeah. Was fucking incredible. Paddington versus Shin Godzilla next year. <laughs> uh, That'll be the sequel. Oh, uh, uh, Kong Skull Island. Conk. Kong Donkey Kong Skull Island. Yeah. Skull's Land. Kong's, Kong's Skull Island was yeah. it this year. That was good. I liked that a lot, actually. I think that was underrated. Uh, oh, Ghost in the Shell visuals. Yeah, Ghost in the Shell. I, I didn't mind I didn't it. I didn't like right. the film, but the visual style, it nailed everything. It just, I wish it was a better movie. Yeah. Um, what else have we had? It was a very mediocre um, story being told. For Ragnarok. Just freaking beautifully. For Ragnarok was That's one of the most visually, fun. Visually stunning as well. Yeah. Um, There's a lot of good stuff Spider-Man this year. Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah, I enjoyed that. It was decent. I'd say it's the weakest of the Marvel films this year. Really? Yeah, I really like Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 was actually incredible. Yeah, um, it was a very good like story about depression, about familial familial um, relationships. Well, like, it was freaking... Little Miss Sunshine in Space. Yeah, Nobody really said that, but yeah. it is. It's Little Miss Sunshine in Space. I said it when I first saw it. Like, uh, it a bunch of people not getting along. You've, and... got, you've got the suicidal dad. That's, um, that's fucking... Yeah. Um... But every, every character in it had some sort of relationship to a family member that was being the centre of their storyline. Oh my God, you had a young kid dancing. Groot. Yeah. Abigail Breslin. Yeah. Oh shit, they are actually the same movie. Yeah. Little Miss Sunshine is Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Was Groot doing a sexy dance? <laughs> well, yeah. Was he? Yeah, he had like, in the beginning he shook, he shook his ass. Yeah. Do, um, Mr. was it friggin'? Do, Mr. Do, Mr. Do, Blue Sky. Do, 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 yeah. ELO. I'm yeah. surprised that this year people were only just discovering ELO. That was like, that was my summer holiday with my parents' song. Yeah. Mr. Blue Sky. And Good old I know apparently him and, um, Edgar Wright, James Gunn and Edgar Wright were passing emails back to each other to make sure neither of them yeah. were using the same songs. Because Baby Driver, which is another incredible yeah. fucking film this year. And Wonder Woman was fine. Wonder Woman was fine. Yeah, yeah it was fine. It was alright. Um, they made Justice League. I know. I know they did do. That ruined my streak of only seeing good films this year. No, Last Night did. Transformers The Last Night ruined my streak of only seeing good films oh. this year. Which is... Uh, it's possibly the worst film I've seen in the cinema what was the film that I went to go see when you went to see last oh I went to go see Ritual which is actually really good yeah. that was a neat little horror movie that dealt with depression loss grieving mm-hmm. it was really weird to see um, oh, what was his name fuck he was in Black Mirror he was in the episode with John Hamm the Christmas one don't know never watched Black Mirror have you not nah. oh shit watch Black you really like Black Mirror it's yeah. a bit like Ray Bradbury's Amazing Tales and Tales from the Crypt mixed together yeah. but written by Charlie Brooker yeah completely uh, it's written all by technology's Charlie. dangerous or something no it's not even like technology's dangerous like it, some of it they're like this is for the good and then mm. it's like other stuff it's like well this is someone who's been affected by the good thing in a bad way it's like yeah but for the greater good it's a better idea mm. I'll have to watch it someday I really recommend it. I think you'd actually fucking love it. Yeah, but we have to talk about what the best shows best shows year, next time on the next episode of the Critic Apocalypse. Critic yeah, Apocalypse. next 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 year next week. next time on Game Grumps. Next week is our is our year wrap up. All right, so not next week, week after next. Oh yeah, no, sorry, Blade of the Immortal against Tom Atkins. Oh, does it? Yeah, because it's only the for- is I think it's the only foreign film I've watched this year that's been like that's been like incredible because Train to Busan was last year, wasn't it? No, that was this year. That was like March or something. Train to Busan was this year? I'm sure it was. No, Train to Busan was last year. I mean, it might have been last year when it came out first, but I think you only saw it this year. Really? Yeah, I'm sure. It wasn't that long ago. I had to check to make sure Blade of the Immortal wasn't Takeshi Mike film. 
Yeah, Meek Takeshi. Mike. Meek Takeshi. He makes some great weird shit. You know, I've seen Visitor Q or Gozu or friggin' Audition. Yeah. Or Ichi the Killer. Ichi the Killer's beautiful film. Everyone should watch Ichi the Killer. If you ever want to see a man hung up on hooks and have boiling fat poured on his back, perfect film for you. I know you are right. It was released 27th of February. Yeah, over here, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we get everything late. Yeah, we do. That was That's another fucking contender, isn't it? That's yeah, apparently great. Coco's fantastic. That's not out here until next year, though, is it? Oh, Kobu, uh, Kubu, Kobu and the Two Strings. Yeah, I that was see a, that. That was a really, really good. That was a really good anime. And film. what was the? Cause there was, there's like Coco's about the Cinco de Mayo friggin' oh, yeah, Night Book of the of Dead. Life. But there's another one, wasn't there? Yeah, Book of yeah. Life. Yeah, that was another which one. Was, that was about. Which is side project for Guillermo del Toro. Was it? Yeah, yeah he, I think he produced it. And um, but that's a fucking visually stunning film. Yeah, it's all like marionette puppets. Yeah, and it's told by Ron Perlman and Selma Hayek, I believe. They play the two gods that are watching it, and they're like using the puppets to show the story. And it's actually a really fucking sad story as well, but it's a really well directed. Like that's got um, God, uh, Gail Bussina, uh, Gail, Gail Garcia, Garcia Bardem, and uh, Channing Tatum. Channing Tatum was starring in a film that. Um, did you really get? Oh get shit! Film? We might not get the Gambit film now. Ah oh, fuck! We might Thank not. Oh, God, we, we, I mean, we might. I hope they not. Still do it. I really hope not. Really? Yeah, I really hope not. I, I want, to... want them to do is I want them to reboot all the X-Men but keep Deadpool as he is. I think that's the most likely scenario because Deadpool's the only one who could carry on existing <sighs> and acknowledge the, the change. Netflix film about the giant super pig? Oh, Okja. Yeah, Okja was this year. Yeah, that was good. Yeah, Fantastic Park Chan work film. Yeah. Yeah. Wind River is still... I think Wind River is still mine. Yeah, you got two weeks to think about it. I know, I'm going to have to do lists. I'm actually yeah. going to have to write stuff down. Best film, best TV show, best game. Are we doing top five? Well, just best. You just want to do the best of each? Yeah, yeah. and then worst thing of the year. <laughs> oh, we do best and worst? No, we just do worst thing of the year. Okay. Because otherwise it's like fucking six categories. Justice League? Go Justice League, yeah. Justice League. Justice League isn't even the worst film I saw in the cinema this year. <laughs> Jesus, man. Right. That's hands down Transformers the last night. Like that is shocking that film. Yeah. <sighs> Alright. Well You can find Anne at LV fifty four Space Monkey sure you can, on whatever. Twitter. And you find me at Critapocalypse. And you've also got a YouTube channel. Do you want to tell us a little bit about your YouTube channel? No. Great. His YouTube channel is Mellow Gaming, and it is the most popular Mellow Gaming channel on YouTube. So That's a fact, yeah. It is a fact. Yeah, I've got more more subscribers now than any other channel called exactly. Mellow Gaming. There you fucking go. You yeah. can take that to the bank. Until Game Grumps go and change the name or something. <laughs> Mellow Grumps. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, I hope you have a good two weeks. We will see you for Critical Office episode 79. Tis the end of the world as we know it in 2017. Bye. Well, I mean, you could say bye. I say, fuck, I've just murdered someone. I really don't know what to do in my life. Just, I'm, I'm steadily spiralling. I don't. I don't really know how to deal with the emotions I'm feeling right now. But then at the same time, I kind of ate the body, so I don't think I'm going to get blamed. Oh. Donald right. Trump fucks kids. Oh, yeah.